scriptures, Romans chapter 12, verses 17 to 21. Romans 12, 17 to 21. Repay, go ahead. Father, we are grateful to you this morning. We pray that you will speak into our lives. Release your grace that will make the preaching of the God's word effective and fruitful. Every resistance to the preaching of God's word, every cynical, critical spirit, we bind them in Jesus' name. We take victory here, Father. May your name be glorified. May your work be done in our hearts, in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Praise God. Today's message is titled, Give God Room. Give God Room. Apostle Paul, writing to the Romans, he is saying, Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Have you encountered evil in any form or shape? How have you responded to evil? Evil is manifested in so many ways. It comes in so many shapes, shades, and size. Whether you look at the international scene or our domestic scene, you hear and read about the manifestation of evil around us. Praise the Lord. On a personal scale, have you encountered evil in any form or shape? They come in so many different ways. Sometimes it is so subtle that it takes time for us to recognize it. Sometimes it is very clear and blatant, but we live in a world there is evil that is creeping all around us. When we do encounter evil, how is it that we respond to evil? The Bible tells anyone who wants to live godly will face persecution. From the hands of people who are bent on doing evil. Praise the Lord. Think about this. Someone who does good, do you think they will experience evil? Well, I'll take you to the Bible. The writer of Acts puts it like this. He went around doing good. Do you know who the writer is talking about? 
Jesus. The writer of Acts is talking about, Dr. Luke is talking about Jesus saying that he went around doing good. And how do you think his benefactors, those who are recipients of good, those who saw the good that he was doing, responded to Jesus? Well, the Bible tells me that eventually the one who went around doing good was crucified by the people. On the cross, Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not. See, the embodiment of good, praise the Lord, even when he experienced evil or bad, he still had nothing but good. Praise the Lord. He prayed for their forgiveness. Now, when we read the Bible, it is very clear. If this is what the master faced, what do you think the disciples or his children will experience when they live on the face of the earth? Well, thank God that we live in a place where things are different. But that doesn't shield us that doesn't cover us from evil that's brewing around us. Now, evil is not manifested all the time right in front of our eyes like a big monster. At times, it slowly seeps into our society, into our forums without our knowledge. At times... It touches the escalons of government and laws. Slowly and steadily, what happens is there is a shift. Shift in laws. Shift in rules. Shift in outlooks. Shift in the way people think. Shift in the realms of what is acceptable and not acceptable. Shift as to what norms are. When the norms shift, evil does not look like evil because evil is presented in a new facade, in a new outlook. And people are not able to recognize them as evil till it's too late. Praise the Lord. But evil does lurk in this world because we live in a fallen world which is empowered by powers of darkness. And so Paul says, when you live in such a world, dark world, we as God's children, we still can shine like light because Jesus has ignited his light in us. So we have God's light in us. We have God's word's light in us. We have the light that Jesus has ignited within us so that we can shine in this dark world as stars shining in the sky. Praise the Lord. And if that uniqueness has to be manifested in a world that is full of evil, we have to yield ourselves to the life of Christ and to the teachings of Christ. That is when the light that is in us, it radiates and it emits 
with new radiance and brilliance that makes you and I to stick out in this world. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, let me ask you, how have you encountered evil in your lives? Well, there will be people who will oppose you for what you believe, people who will oppose you for what you stand for, people who will oppose you for what your values are. When all these things happen as God's children, God expects us to stand with him with his word. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The Bible says people will oppose us, persecute us, harm us. Praise the Lord. And the Bible calls them as the enemies of the gospel. Praise the Lord. Now, we also ought to come to grips that at times so-called believers or so-called Christians could be very ungraceful and initiate unwanted, uncalled animosity. Praise the Lord. Here, the writer is not discussing such characters. Praise the Lord. See, we can encounter evil from arenas that are very familiar. Praise the Lord. It could come from co-workers. It could come from our boss. It could come from our neighbors. The Bible says at times... It can even come from people who are part of our family. The teachings of Jesus is very clear about this. The clear message here is that regardless of when, how, what magnitude, what shape of evil that we encounter, praise the Lord, those who oppose us and those who oppose the word of God what is our reaction to them? What is our response to them? Jesus is saying the clear message is that we should love our enemies. And that this love involves treating them better than they deserve, not returning evil for evil, but blessing them from our heart and coming to their aid when they need us. When we do so, that's when we allow the light in us to shine and cause them to be attracted to what we believe in. Praise the Lord. Look at the, at the teachings of Jesus as it's recorded in Matthew chapter 5, 44. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Praise the Lord. Why should we love our enemies? Praise the Lord. When we do not repay evil with evil, we tend to display and exhibit the nature of God. Praise the Lord. God has placed us on this earth as his representative, as his ambassadors, and you and I are called to reflect the divine nature through our lives. And what is that? The undeniable fact that God is merciful. How do you know that God is merciful? Look what Jesus said and what the scripture says. Jesus in his teaching says in Matthew 5 45, he makes his son 
rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. God is so merciful that he sends rain and sun on both the just and the unjust. Well, we will ask the question, can he do otherwise? Can he pick and choose who is going to send the rain and not the send the rain to? Is that possible? Well, when you look at the scripture, if God wants to, he can do that. You don't have to go too far in the Bible. You go to the second book of the Bible, Exodus. And in Exodus, you see how God showed that he can do, if he wants to, send sunlight to one group of people and not to the other group of people. Or send his grace and his blessing to one group of people and withhold it from another group of people. In Exodus, you read, in Goshen, where the children of Israel lived, they had no issues there. There was no darkness there. They were not affected by the plague. But the next arena, they were affected by every plague. It shows if God chooses us, he can do that. Praise the Lord. Now, you don't have to go all the way to Goshen. You can go to Florida. If you go to Florida and if you're traveling on Interstate 4, going from either Orlando to Tampa, as you are driving on the Interstate 4, you can see on one side, if you are going towards east, you will see it's raining so heavy, but the west, the other side, it's dry. Those who come from Florida, you can talk to them, you can ask them. The other day I was talking to Stanley. And I asked him, he said, yeah, that's how it is over there. Wow. I mean, when I encountered that years ago, I was like shocked. I could not believe that. I could not even see what was before me. But then I looked to the right on the other side. It's like dry. So if God chooses us, he can do it. Praise the Lord. But the Bible says God is so gracious and merciful, he sends the sunlight and the rain. In other words, his provision, he releases upon everyone. The psalmist puts it like this. He does not deal with us according to our sin, nor repay us according to our iniquities. So, when the Bible is showing God who is merciful, God expects us to be also reflector of the divine nature of Christ. In other words, he wants that mercy to be reflected through our lives so that those who don't know Christ will get a taste, will get a wind of who you and I believe in. It's very easier said than done. See, the Bible says, Jesus goes like this, bless them and not curse them. Listen, someone who's doing you harm, it takes a lot to bless them. Praise the Lord. Look, the Bible says, pronounce a blessing on them. Do good to them. And Jesus said, pray for him. Praise the Lord. When we pray for people who bug us, have you prayed for people who bug you, who bother you, who are nasty to you? And if you do pray, what's your prayer like? 
Do you pray, Lord, zap him? How many of you have prayed that prayer? Oh, you guys are so, so saintly. You guys never do that. That's good. Very good. But Jesus says, pray for them. You know, something happens when we pray for people who bug us. You know what happens? Two things can happen. Praise the Lord. Two things can happen. The power of God is released upon our lives. How many of you guys like power? Power? Nobody likes power? Uh, you know, no. I've seen you guys eat power bar. If you don't like power, why do you eat power bar? Okay, all right. We all like power, but we, you know, we have a, sometimes we have a wrong understanding of the manifestation of power. The power the Bible is talking about is the power to love. Hey, people who bug us, people who bother us, people who are bad to us, when we start praying for them, the power of God is released upon our lives to love them. Oh, no. Two things can happen. Number one, listen to this carefully. We can change. Number two, they can change. Okay, so here it is. When we pray for those who persecute us, we can change and they can change. How, what happens when we change? When we change, we are able to do what? Love them. Praise the Lord. When they change, God can shift their attitude. When your love is flowing through you into them, their mindset can change. So the Bible is saying that we ought to pray for them and pronounce blessings upon their lives. Listen, it's very interesting. So blessing those who oppose us, persecute us, curse us is a greatest revolution of love that the indwelling presence of Christ can bring forth in our lives. Praise the Lord. In other words, there is a shift in the inside. And we change so that we are able to love. Now, when we talk about love, I want to tell you Christian love is not blind love. The love that the Bible promotes is love that is able to discern. You need to know the difference, okay? Otherwise, we can just get carried away. We are able to love, and there is a discernment in that love. Praise the Lord. Otherwise, we will not be able to differentiate between good and evil. Okay, let's move on. Praise the Lord. A Christian is not simply known by his actions. He's also known by his reactions. Listen to this carefully. A Christian is not only known by his actions, he's also known by his reactions. Why? Actions can be staged. Actions can be prepared. Actions can be very carefully calculated and presented in a very nice way. But Reactions are spontaneous in nature. Praise the Lord. So when we, when we face certain incidents, events in our life, how we react to it, praise the Lord, shows 
who we are and the grace of God that we carry in our lives. Praise the Lord. See, quite often you see a lot of people who are nice. There's nothing wrong in being nice. People in the world are nice. You want to see the nicest people? People go to the Chick-fil-A in uh, Hicksville. They're very nice, so nice. Every time I go there, I want to go back there because these guys are good hospitality, good customer service. That's good. Sometimes we as Christians, we have picked up the traits. In fact, somebody went for their training. They said they learned it from us. That's good. Sometimes we can learn from each other. But, you know, the reactions are spontaneous. When someone comes and shakes you, how would you react? When someone comes and pushes you, how would you react? When someone comes and pokes you, how would you react? Praise the Lord. That spontaneous reaction shows the world who you really are. Praise the Lord. In moments of crisis, how we respond to crisis shows who we are and what we are made of. Praise the Lord. That's when the world sees the core being in you. And a person who has the indwelling presence of God, even in moments of crisis, he allows the sweet aroma, the fragrance of life, the aroma of Jesus to spread through his life, even when he is shaken hard. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So a spontaneous reaction that comes from our lives is able to show who we really are. Now, when caught off guard, praise the Lord, many calm saints, many saints who have a very calm demeanor can crack under such such crisis and the true self is displayed showing simply that there is more work to be done sometimes god allows this also what he allows these events in our lives so that we are shaken and the real us comes out and that tells us not him that tells us that there is more work to be done now turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor, hey, do you think there's more work to be done? Ask your neighbor. Well, I'm not going to ask you to shake your neighbor, yank your neighbor. But if your neighbor is falling asleep, yank them from their lethargic state. You don't want God to yank them. You can yank, yank them. Praise the Lord. So what happens is the real us comes out. Praise the Lord. When the real us comes out, it tells us how really God, how much he has done a greater, deeper, wider work in us. And most of the time, we will realize that we are still under construction. So don't feel bad that you're under construction. Feel good. That God is still working in you, and you're not a finished product yet. We all are on a journey. Praise the Lord. Now, here, Paul is writing saying, 
do not repay evil with evil. You know, we have this tendency of, I don't know whether you guys get this, getting even. Have you ever felt that tendency? I want to get even. Yes? You know, sometimes I'll tell you a very simple example. Somebody cuts you up. You're driving on the interstate or the highway. Somebody cuts you. What goes through your mind? How many of you guys say, praise God, that guy cut me up. I'll tell you, sometimes these guys cut me. It's not because they cut me. It's how they cut you, you know? Because some of these guys, they cut you and then you're like, whoo, man, you just... You're having this nice drive. You're just enjoying the beauty of the nature. And then somebody, boom! And I'm like, and then what happens? Rage gets in. Superman comes out. Uh-huh. Then you feel, you know, like you want to hit the gas pedal. Have you ever done that? One day I did that. And I started pursuing someone. And then they just caught me like, so what in the world am I doing? What am I doing? I started really pursuing someone, and then I realized, what a foolish thing I'm doing. Yeah, that's the rage. No, you know what rage can do to us? Rage can make us blind, and it can bind us. It's foolishness. So the Bible says, don't be what? Repay evil with evil. Praise the Lord. Now, it's one thing for somebody to cut you. Have you ever driven on a single lane with someone who is going on 40 miles per hour when they can do 50? You're just standing right behind them. And then, you know, you honk at them. You try to move. There's nowhere to go nowhere. You know, the kind of feeling that gets over you. You know, none of us are immune from it. But those are testing moments in our lives. When the real in you comes out. Praise the Lord. You know? So the Bible says, don't do that. Do not repay evil with evil. Praise the Lord. Don't do that. You know, sometimes we just go berserk. When Abraham Lincoln, before he became the president of the United States, he worked as a lawyer. And as a lawyer, he was once approached by a man who passionately insisted on bringing a lawsuit of $1.25 against a man, a poor man who was indebted to him. Now, of course, $25 is today is nothing, but in 1800s, you know, that was, that was some amount, okay? And Abraham Lincoln tried to dissuade this man, discourage this man from going after this poor man who owed him $25. But this man said, no. I want the $25, and I'm willing to spend anything to get my $25 back. Then Abraham Lincoln realized that this man cannot be talked out of it. Lincoln agreed to take the case, and Lincoln said, Okay, upon one condition, I will charge you $100 for me to take your case. And the man said, That's okay. Take $100. I'll give you $100. Does that make any sense? But he did. You know what Lincoln did? Abraham Lincoln gave half of the money, $50, to the other guy, the defendant, the guy who was indebted to this man. He gave him $50 and told him to settle the case for $25. The man did it. 
the man went and he settled the case for $25. So Abraham Lincoln put $50 in his pocket. The defendant got $25 and the plaintiff got how much? Abraham Lincoln was amazed that this man was willing to spend $100 to get $25 back. Sometimes we do this. In order to get something trivial, we are willing to spend four times that amount in time, in energy, in finance, in treasures, in talents that God has given. You know why? Because we are not able to contain the rage that's brewing within us. If we are not able to contain the rage that brews within us, Praise God, what it's going to do is it's going to destroy us eventually. It's going to consume us from inside out. Therefore, what does the Bible say? The Bible says, do not repay evil with evil. Forget about getting even. Praise the Lord. Okay, come back to what we are going to say here. You know, sometimes seeking for revenge is not healthy it will just continue to take away from you. Praise the Lord. When offended, our response should be, the Bible says here, we ought to be doing the right thing. What is the right thing that the Bible talks about? You know, exhibit grace, exhibit grace, which will magnify who Jesus is. In other words, Simply through the display of grace through our lives, Jesus Christ is glorified and Jesus Christ is exhibited to the people around us. Listen, there is a natural response when people harm us and there is a Christian response when people do evil against us. What is the natural response? The natural response is to get even. The natural response is tit for tat. The natural response is, I'm going to give you what you deserve. What is the Christian response? The Christian's response is what? Needs to abide by the word of God. So there is a natural response and there is a supernatural response. And God wants us to be people who would tap into the supernatural response, which is exhibit Obey the word of God and exhibit Christ-like character, which is easier said than lived out. Praise the Lord. After all, we don't want to want to be known or to follow Christ's response if the world around us think that we are whims, spineless, gutless. We will think that the enemy will take advantage of us. Well, we don't know if they're going to hate us more if we respond the way God asks us to respond, which is what? Instead of hating them, love them. Praise the Lord. See, as children of God, God wants us to live on a higher scale. On a higher scale. Okay? Not live on a lower scale. And what is this higher scale? The higher scale is to emulate Jesus Christ, and that is what God desires from us, and that, when we start doing that, 
That's when we realize that there is a maturity in us. We are growing in the grace and in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Maturity is not simply having strong biceps and triceps. Maturity is when Christ is reflected through our lives. See, Paul is saying, if possible, be at peace with everyone. Now, it's good. He said, if possible. Why? Because you can be peaceful and the other person need not be peaceful. That's what the Bible says. If possible, you be at peace. In other words, do everything from your end to keep the peace. Now, after you say all these things, you know, the Bible is very balanced. And as Paul is writing, look what Paul is saying. Paul is saying, listen, give God room to work. In other words, don't take matters into your own hand. When someone does evil to you, someone does harm to you, do not take matters in your own hand. Give God room to work. In other words, give God some elbow room to work. Praise the Lord. We stick to what we are told to do, which is what? You love them. You do not hate them, but you love them. Now, the Bible says if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If your enemy is thirsty, give him a drink. And give room for God to work. Praise the Lord. Because the nature of God, we need to understand. See, the first nature of God that we presented was, and we are presenting is the merciful God. But there is also the other nature of God, which is the just God. What is it? The just God. The just God is portrayed here. Paul is saying, it's a quotation from Proverbs saying that God says, vengeance is mine. I will take care of it. Now, why is it God says, I will take care of it. Vengeance is mine. Praise the Lord. When we allow God to work in the lives of people who bug us, who bother us, who want to put us down, we need to understand God's ways are perfect. Praise the Lord. God's dealings are perfect. God doesn't do anything immaturely. The seasons that God can ordain will bring the best out of every situation. Praise the Lord. We have to trust him with his word and with his judgment. Quite often the issue is we cannot trust him. We want to take matters in our own hand. When we take matters in our own hand, things might not stop where you want it to stop. You might hit the brakes, but you will find the brake is not working. You leave matters into the hands of God because he says, vengeance is mine. Let me take care of it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. There are two good examples in the Bible. I will narrate one and I will give you the reference for the other one. You could go home and check it out. One is one that we all know. David's refusal to kill Saul, even when Saul fell in his hands twice. He could have justified and said, 
God has given him into my hand. I'm going to take care of Saul. David did not do it. David waited for God's timing. Praise the Lord. The second reference is, I want you to go home and check this out. This is not very familiar. And since it's not familiar, it would take me more time to explain. That's why I'm just going to give you the reference. Okay. Second Kings 6, 22 to 24. When you go home, you check it out. It's a beautiful reference which talks about how we ought to respond to people who want to harm us and what God can do when we respond in a way that is biblical, that is according to the word of God. So we see that this particular portion shows two attributes of God. One is God who is merciful. The other one, God who is just. Listen. God is just and he would call for justice. No wrong will go unpunished. Let me let, repeat this. No wrong will go unpunished. Okay. Every wrong that men and women do will be made accountable for. But there is two sides to it. I want you to understand that very well. The wrath of God will repay every wrong, every wrong, either in the suffering and death of Christ for those who repent and believe on him or in a place that God has in store for everyone who would continue in their offense. It's known as hell. Listen. God's wrath was poured on the cross. Jesus Christ took upon himself the wrath of God because he took the sins of all of mankind. Praise the Lord. So anyone who does evil, praise God, they can repent of their evil because Christ has taken the punishment, the penalty of sin upon himself. And that is the doorway out for everyone. But when we persist in sin and in evil, God will make sure that his justice is released upon him. So God is saying, God's word says, vengeance is mine. Give me room to work and time. In other words, God who has been merciful to you, God who's been merciful to me, he does not treat us according to our sins, wants to give that offender also an opportunity to repent and to experience the same kind of grace that you experience in your life. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The beauty of who God is. So, vengeance is his. God is just and he will do that which is justice. Praise the Lord. When you and I meddle in the justice of God, praise the Lord, we will do things prematurely. We will do things immaturely. We can do things before time. We can do things late and we can have a big mess in our hands. So we have to let him handle every situation in our lives. Praise the Lord. We belong to him. Do you think you belong to him? 
the Bible says we've been purchased with a price. We belong to him exclusively. If so, praise the Lord. Our well-being is God's interest. You have to believe that. Do you believe that your well-being is God's interest? Your, he is your greatest well-wisher. He wants you to grow. He wants you to thrive. He wants you to bloom. He wants you to blossom. He wants you to be prosperous. Praise the Lord. But not by being a cutthroat. Praise the Lord. But by being gracious and displaying his goodness through our lives. The justice of God is always apt. The justice of God is always measured. The justice of God is perfect in nature. Let him handle it. You and I need a lot of faith in, in letting God handle it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let him handle it in his own time and in his own way. God is seldom late. God is seldom, praise the Lord, he never, never gets behind schedule. He is always on schedule. Look at what the Bible is saying in that particular portion. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If your enemy is thirsty, Give him the drink. In other words, it's talking about the principle of replacement. Praise the Lord. Hmm? He's hungry. Technically, you and I are supposed to be as bad to the guy and the gal who is giving us a hard time. But the principle of replacement that the Bible promotes and Jesus promotes through his life is what? If he's hungry, give him food. If he's thirsty, Give him drink. Praise the Lord. See, it is not enough that we passively accept. Listen. It is not enough that we passively accept what the Bible says as, one, show God as merciful. Number two, we believe that God is just and God will do justice in his time. So we don't shrug our shoulders and walk away. But the Bible says go one step further. Now, this is very hard to do, which is what? You feed him and you give him the drink. See, when you try to overcome evil with good, there is a cost tag attached to it. The first cost tag is how we feel on the inside. Sometimes you and I can feel small. You and I can feel powerless. You and I can feel it's unfair. You and I can feel that God doesn't understand. But believe me, God does understand. Praise the Lord. See, the principles of Christ is diabolically opposed to the principles of, world, of the world. But the principles of Christ works every time. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So what is it that God expects from us is to act in a way that is different. And when you do so, what happened? In the end, you are able to display the grace of God through our lives. Promote reconciliation. Promote, praise the Lord, godliness to those who bug us. Praise the Lord. We have to be careful that we don't have a retaliatory spirit. You know, the feeling of retaliating. That is definitely not of God. I want to conclude this part by sharing 
a real-life incident. Charles Spurgeon and Parker Joseph. Charles Spurgeon and Joseph Parker were two pastors who ministered in the same city in London. They both had their church in the same city. They both were thriving ministers. Once, Joseph Parker, as he was preaching in his church, he made mention of the poor condition of the orphans that come to Spurgeon's um, orphanage. So the statement that he made was the poor condition of the orphans that come to Spurgeon's orphanage. Unfortunately, as it happens in Christian circle, somebody get, came, went and gave the wrong information to Spurgeon and said, Joseph Parker, today from his pulpit, he was criticizing about the poor condition of your orphanage. Now, this can happen, you know. So before you hear or give your ear to anyone, you double check that the facts that you're getting is right. Praise the Lord. If someone tells you, if someone gossips something to you, based on the gossip, don't you come to the conclusion. Be a man. Be a woman. Go and ask the question to the person that has said, and you will find nine out of ten, the, th the statement was totally different. You know, you need to understand that anything can be taken out of context. Praise the Lord. When you overhear something, you as a child of God, before you come to conclusion, you have to verify what you heard is right. Spurgeon was told that Joseph Parker said something negative about his orphanage. Actually, what Joseph Parker said was, the poor condition of the orphans who come enter into the Spurgeon's orphanage. So, what happened? Spurgeon, as big as he was, he went berserk. The next Sunday, from his pulpit, he trashed Joseph Parker. Of course, the media had a ball. You know, there's people waiting to get these kind of things. There are people who feed on these things. There are people, even among Christians, who like these kind of choice morsels that come. Their interest is not to promote the welfare of the kingdom of God, but their, their, their interest is something else. Once the media picked it up, it was in the paper, and next Sunday, guess what? Parker's church was full of people because they wanted to know how Joseph Parker would respond to Spurgeon's trashing. Joseph Parker went up on the pulpit and he said, My friend Spurgeon, I hear, is not in his pulpit today, he is out of town. But today, we want to take a love offering for his orphanage. The people went berserk. They took a love offering for his orphanage. The ushers had to go back three times because the people started giving in so much money. They had a big offering and a good service. The next morning, Monday morning, there was a knock on Parker's office. It was Charles Spurgeon. Charles Spurgeon 
knocked on the door. And this is what Charles Spurgeon said as it is recorded. You know, Parker, you have practiced grace on me. You have given me not what I deserve. You have given me what I needed. That is what grace is. Praise the Lord. When people come against you in a manner that is unchristlike, it takes a lot for us to respond to it gracefully. When we do when we do respond to it gracefully, the name of Jesus is exalted. The nature of Christ is exhibited. The kingdom of God is enlarged and the name of God magnified. Let me ask some questions. Can we practice grace? When was the last time you practiced grace in your life? When was the last time we practiced grace in our words? Grace in our actions. Grace in our deeds. Does practicing grace means swallow everything that is wrong? No, that's not what it means. But use the event to show how different a Christian is. And if it involves correction, Paul's antidote is so apt. Paul, as it writes to Ephesians, says, speak the truth in love. Praise the Lord. We as God's children, we are on a journey. In this journey, we encounter people who, are, who belong to the Lord and people who do not belong to the Lord. In this journey, there will be people who encourage us, who promote us. There will be people who harm us, who discourage us. The natural response is, to give people what they deserve. But the supernatural response is to do what Christ expects us to do. For us to move from a natural realm to supernatural realm, it needs additional grace from above. It needs a spirit that is yielded to Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. It is available for all those who desire it is available for all those who would trust the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God. And lean on the nature of Christ. What is it? The mercy of God. Praise the Lord. Number two, the justice of God. The mercy of God. God wants you and me to exhibit it through our lives. The justice of God. God wants us to defer it to him. Praise the Lord. Would you defer justice to him and let him handle your battles? Praise the Lord. The Bible says the battle belongs to the Lord. If you and I belong to the Lord, then our battles are his battles. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You and I, God has crowns for us and that he will give it to us at the right time. Yield yourself to the Lord. Can we close our eyes for one moment? Praise God. I don't know where you are. What your interactions are with people around you. 
I don't know what kind of evil you have experienced in your life. Maybe people have double-crossed you. Maybe people have backstabbed you. Maybe people have taken you for a ride. Maybe people have cheated you. Maybe people have done so many wrong things to you. What is it that God is asking us to do? Instead of going on a road rage, instead of going on to becoming, getting even with them, number one, the Lord is saying, let go. Let go, let go, let go. When you do let go, you are not a loser. Listen, you are not a loser when you let go. When you let go, you are dropping the ball into the hands of God. When you let go, you are dropping the ball into the hands of God. Praise the Lord. Let Him handle your battles. Praise God. The justice of God is perfect. It's measured. But we want to promote the mercy of God. Would you let yourself be an exhibition of the mercy of God? Would you do that? As much as we have received grace, would you like to extend grace? And when you do so, you emulate your Father in heaven. Thank you, Jesus. Do not overcome evil with evil, but overcome evil with good. Why? Because our God is good God. He does nothing but good and expects us to do good. Father, we yield our life to you. We need so much grace. To live the kind of life that you want us to live. By our natural strength. With our wits and wisdom. We always fail. But if we can trust on your wisdom. We can always come on top. Praise God. So Father. We ask for wisdom. We ask for grace. We pray. That every time we are yanked. And something other than what God desires come out of us. Through a spontaneous reaction. We pray. That will take us back to our knees. Allowing us to yield ourselves completely one more time to Jesus. Lord, we do understand the work is not yet finished. We are under construction, so we yield ourselves to you. May your name be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you guys.